Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. On Ash Wednesday, Archbishop William E. Laurie of Baltimore released his second pastoral letter. The topic for this letter is The Enduring Power of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Principles of Nonviolence. Archbishop Laurie sat down for a conversation about the pastoral letter with Beverly Burke, a former television news anchor in Baltimore, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C., and now a media consultant. The Archbishop talks about the reasons he wrote the pastoral letter and how Dr. King's teachings can be applied today in our communities. Why did you decide to write this pastoral letter? Uh, I decided to write this pastoral letter for many reasons. Uh, First of all, um, it, was, it was hard not to notice that uh, our, the society all around us, including this beloved city of Baltimore, was becoming uh, divided, uh, was becoming um, violent at times, and that even when there wasn't physical violence, uh, there is this tendency uh, to approach one another with, with violent words and with abusive words and with a lack of understanding, empathy, a desire to meet somewhere in the middle, all those sorts of things. So that... That is a one thing that, that, that's kind of a broader societal thing that I think we're living through right now. But the second thing was, um, ever since I've been here, it's hard to miss the fact that there are so many social ills in our city, uh, that so many people um, are living in these kinds of conditions and lots of times, no one is building a bridge. And it's a bridge that goes both ways. Um, I think a third thing that prompted me to write it was, of course, the approach of the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. And I thought to myself, in this situation in which we find ourselves, are not his teachings, are not his principles as valid as they were 50 or 60 years ago? And the answer I came up with was, yes, it's time for us to revisit them. I think those would be the main reasons. When you think of Dr. King's teaching on nonviolent, you know, um, direct action. Is that necessary today? Oh, I would say so. I think there's two aspects to Dr. King's teaching. For one thing, his principles are aimed at the heart. 
In other words, the heart has to be converted. The heart has to be opened. Uh, the heart has to be introspective enough to ask um, where in racist attitudes are to be found, where the heart is not open to the other. Even though we may think that we are wonderfully open people, that there is no racism in it, I think these principles um, cause us to ask ourselves important questions. And they aim for a change of heart. And people are at different places here. So the principles apply to everybody, but they apply to you where you are. They apply to me where I am. And unless there is a change of heart with a critical mass of people, it's difficult to imagine society itself changing constructively. And that's the other side of Dr. King's principles. They're not just aimed at the heart. They are aimed at direct action. In other words, a change of heart spurs you to act differently and to act in a positive way to achieve the good. And in particular, these principles um, spur us on to act in such a way that we bring about the good in a persistent way, in a way that manifests a great strength of character, a lot of courage, a lot of skill, a lot of persistence, but not violence. I'm going to pick up on a thought here. What did Dr. King mean when he said that, quote, passive resistance is not the same thing as doing nothing? So when you hear the word passive, um, immediately you think, well, a passive person is simply a spectator and, and, and watches things. So it would be a person who would be unlikely to, to speak up, a person who would live and let live. Um, but what he's doing is combining two ideas which on their face seem contradictory but are not. Uh, by passive, he does not mean um, unengaged. Uh, a, a willingness just to accept the status quo. By passive, he means that one is not going to be violent, that one actually is willing to suffer for one's convictions, that one is able to be the peaceful person no matter what. But being that peaceful person, a person who abstains from all forms of violence, verbal, physical, emotional, this person with that moral character says no, a persistent no to injustice, and plots the way forward to address it and overcome it. And isn't this at the heart of the gospel? Isn't this what the Lord did? Um, when he was before Pilate, did he resist? 
when he was being tormented, did he resist? And no, he did not. And what did he end up doing? He overcame evil with good. Um, he overcame death with life, sin with grace. What Dr. King is doing is taking us to the very heart of the gospel and says we have to act in this gospel-oriented way. In a world that says, no, the way forward is, is violence, bullying, um, scaring people, beating them into submission. And he's saying, no, it's not the way you move forward. Got to move forward. Got to address the injustice. But you don't do it in a way unworthy of your own God-given and graced human dignity. So I have to ask, what is the church going to do with the teachings of Dr. King? Well, I should say that's one of the reasons I wrote the pastoral. I should have said that at the beginning of this conversation. I wrote it because I think the church needs to do something with these teachings. Um, first and foremost, to lift them up. There's a lot of people who don't know what they are and who have forgotten. And so I wrote the pastoral and will distribute it all over the archdiocese and make it available electronically so that many, many people will be able to pick it up and in a very short period of time be able to grasp the essence of what Dr. King so prophetically taught us. Number two, uh, I would... Um, like it to be a pastoral tool in our parishes, a springboard for preaching. And should we not be preaching about Dr. King and about these principles and about racism in our society uh, as we head toward the anniversary of his assassination? Isn't this something we should revisit from time to time? I think it is. Then there are discussion questions in the pastoral. And these are meant for people, families, parish groups, pastoral council, to get together and to pray about these principles, reflect on them, and to answer these kinds of questions reflectively. And so I really wrote this so that this could find its way into the consciousness of the church, the whole church, myself, my brother priests, the lay leadership of the archdiocese, those involved in ministries. And this, I also put in a page, a web page, where people can also share their suggestions and their comments. But this should also lead us as an archdiocese to an examination of conscience and to ask if there aren't things we ought to be doing differently. So this um, is the beginning of a process. It's not just a letter. It's the beginning of a process. After the break, we'll hear more of the conversation between Beverly Burke and Archbishop William E. Lorry about his new pastoral letter, The Enduring Power of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Principles of Nonviolence. You're listening to Catholic Baltimore. 
Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today, in print and online, at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. Today we have a conversation about Archbishop William E. Lorry's second pastoral letter, The Enduring Power of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Principles of Nonviolence. The Archbishop talked about the pastoral letter with Beverly Burke, a media consultant and former television news anchor. In this segment, the Archbishop highlights some of the ways the Catholic Church is already responding to needs in the city and how it can do more. What do you say to people who see this as applicable to people who live in urban communities? I say in that letter, and I'll say it now, this is applicable to everyone. First of all, let's be clear um, that every community, in, 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 and I'll just speak for the Archdiocese, in the city of Baltimore and the nine counties of Maryland that comprise the Archdiocese, every community is beset by social problems, by the division of people, by segregation, by racism, by coarse and violent speech. And all of us need to address these problems. I think Dr. King has offered us a blueprint for coming together in a very divided society in a most constructive, action-oriented way. And that is why I think it applies to every community in the Archdiocese. Now, you did say this includes education and action. Please explain that. So education, first of all. Um, I think that the principles of Dr. King um, go very much hand in hand with the church's social teaching, which is, of course, in itself, one of the best kept secrets uh, ever. And these things should not be kept secret. This is a time for us not simply to be reminded of Dr. King's great speeches, and they were terrific, they were beautiful, they were so inspiring, not simply to be reminded of the marches and the tragic way he died. If we would really honor Dr. King, we would go to the heart of what he stood for. This is what this is about educate ourselves in. And when I say educate, I don't just mean learn about. I mean steep ourselves in this. 
and steep ourselves in it such that we get a little introspective and we say, am I really living up to these principles? And then action. If I really take these principles to heart, I will not be content to think that many, many young people um, in our urban neighborhoods, for example, are not receiving a good education. I won't be content with the fact that in my community, people are being devastated by the opioid crisis. I won't be content that the only way I talk to a political opponent or someone who differs from me is by shouting and sloganeering. And I'm going to want to build bridges, but as a result of building these bridges, I'm going to want to help create a church and a society that's going to address the root causes of injustice. We're not imagining we're going to create a utopia. We are imagining, though, and hoping and praying that we can do a lot better than we're doing now. Pope Francis said that he wants the church to go out to the people on the peripheries. And you said in your letter, I'm going back to, people on the peripheries are not peripheral. How do we get to know real people mm -hmm. if they're not in our particular community? I think that uh, the church is a wonderful, it, it's not just a forum, but it is a forum for doing that, okay? So if you're in a parish in one of the suburbs, why can't there be a relationship with one of our urban parishes where the style of worship, the style of preaching is very, very different? Why can't there be this wonderful exchange? Why is it that um, we can't, um, and many people do, um, involve themselves in ministries that engage and reach out and hopefully help people whose lives are very different from our own. The church is a communion. That doesn't mean we're all the same. It means we're all very different. But we come together um, in, in truth and in love and in mutual understanding and compassion. In a, a sense, what it means to be church. And so that's really what was kind of in my heart and mind as I, I thought that. I think that's what the Pope is saying. The Pope is saying you can't really be church if you stay in your comfort zone with the people, only the people you know, only the people who are like you. You're called to go out to those who are, whose lives are very different from your own and very often to people who are in need. And you don't go out as the great savior. You go out as an equal. You go out as a sister and a brother. And you go out to someone who has, has an equal dignity. And they share their gifts. And you share your gifts. That's my whole priesthood has been. I've had that happen to me 
more times than I could ever count. I think I'm going to go out and be with somebody and visit with somebody. And I've been in some urban parishes in my life. And, and I go there, and it's a very difficult, very poor situation. And I carry back much, much more than I brought. I've had that experience so often. Humbling, beautiful, ennobling. And that's why at the end I said, you get out to the peripheries, and they're, they're not peripheral. We just thought they were a periphery. Once they become real people with a real story and with God-given gifts, you know that's not the case. In what ways will the people see the church making change? I think a lot of ways. I think, um, first of all, um, I would hope that, that, that our consciousness would be raised and we would no longer sweep this under the carpet. So what's, what's the tendency? We had Freddie Gray in 2015 and we had unrest and everybody talked about it. And then um, that receded from the headlines to some extent and we just stopped talking about it. I think one of the things to, that has to happen is that it has to be continually in the forefront of our consciousness so that we're always aware that there is this very real human tendency to division, to racism, to setting ourselves up as, in subtle ways, as being superior to others. And there has to be a continual examination of conscience on our part. Secondly, I think that, uh, that we have to intensify the dialogue and contribute to the larger dialogue. The church's profile in the larger community has to be raised in contributing to a society that's more just and more dialogic. And that means speaking out perhaps more forcefully on some of the issues that beset our communities. Thirdly, I think we have to continue but maybe intensify our efforts to bring our own parish communities together. Uh, so that um, while we may organize them into pastorates and they have to be somewhat geographically close, we're not creating islands. And then we have to address the injustice that exists in our community. We have to advocate for justice. And we have to meet the social needs as best we can. We have an awful lot going on in Catholic charities. Um, we have to intensify our efforts to provide um, a good education for kids. Uh, we have to be uh, involved in housing issues and all kinds of things that get at the, the root causes of these things. We have a lot of work to do. You've laid out quite an agenda, taking a look at the teachings of Dr. King and the way in which you're embracing the outreach to all communities. After reading your pastoral letter, mm -hmm. what do you hope people take away from it? Uh, I would hope two, two things. And, and, and one is I would hope they would, um, as I must do myself, take it to prayer, try to take these principles to heart, have that kind of moment of truth individually, 
in small groups, in parishes and parish communities, in the workplace, in their relationships with others. And secondly, truth in action, which is then to begin to ask, how can we, how can I, how can we make things different? How, th how ought things be different? And how can we contribute to making them different? Some people will be able to contribute a lot to this, some maybe less, but if everybody contributed something, I think we'd move the needle. We've been listening to a conversation between Beverly Burke and Archbishop William E. Laurie about his new pastoral letter, The Enduring Power of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Principles of Nonviolence. For more on the pastoral, visit www.archbalt.org forward slash King Pastoral. Thank you for tuning in to Catholic Baltimore. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.